Since I started podcasting, I don't recall having made a podcast with only positive news. And now that is not easy in today's world. Most people I talk to are worried and there's a lot to be worried about and angry and sad. But it's Sunday afternoon here in Ottawa. It's springtime. Finally, I see the first flowers starting to bloom in Ottawa. I hear the birds singing and I think it's time to focus on positive news. So today... I will just take some minutes to share stories that I liked, that gave me energy or new insight or hope, or maybe just simply a smile on my face. And I haven't tried this before, so let me know what you think. If this works, it may be a thing that I might be doing every Sunday. And if it doesn't work, we just won't, and we try different directions. So let's start with who you are. You are listening to a podcast, and recently some research has been done to what kind of people listen to podcasts. And people who listen to podcasts are more likely to be curious, more open to experience, and less neurotic, on average, than non-listeners. And I like that. I mean, the thought that you would get less neurotic by just listening to me is, I must say, that's, that's fascinating. I'm honored by the thought. I don't know, they didn't test really in my specific case. But seriously, researchers surveyed more than 300 people from more than 10 different countries on their post podcast listening habits and they compared their listening habits with measures of personality and they found that people who reported ever having listened to a podcast scored more highly for openness to experience and interest-based curiosity and a need for cognition and podcast listeners were also less likely to score highly for neuroticism, so the tendency to experience negative emotions. Now, let's compare this with using social media instead of listening pod to podcasts. And there it works the other way around. Researchers know from previous studies that there is a positive association between neuroticism and using social media. So drop your Twitter and Instagram and everything else that you focus your time on and just keep listening to more podcasts here on Call In. It's good for you. So if listening to my podcast is good for you, I should try to make this experience good for you. When I, when I started in December, I was completely new to podcasting. I'd been interviewed for podcasts and you can find some of those on Spotify if you look for my name. But... I'd never interviewed other people, at least not for podcasts. And by now, I've made dozens of podcasts in, in the past few months. And you can find them all on Call-In or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. But what is new for me, very recent, is these kind of monologues. In, in all honesty, I find it a bit frightening just to talk into a microphone without looking at anyone, without talking to someone, without talking to an audience that you can see. It's something I really had to get used to, and actually I still have to get used to it. So when I receive my, uh, received my one-year training as a diplomat, which is now 30 years ago, I remember that there was two days of media training. And one of the things we had to do was talking one minute into the camera. It was announced the day before, so you could prepare something and you were allowed to talk about anything you liked. And surprisingly, hardly any of these young diplomats were able to just talk for one minute into a camera. And here I am, just talking to you as if I can see you. 
it it therefore helps to see some live listeners and and when i talk i look at these tiny round photos and it gives me the idea that i'm on stage and i'm talking to an audience so i'm very happy with uh, the uh, the the small group of you that at a very last moment announcement i just announced this i think five minutes before i went live i put this out on on call in and on twitter and on uh, instagram and that you are joining now because it makes me less lonely when i'm just talking into the microphone now most of my podcasts are about climate change and, and when i gave up my career as a diplomat which is now six years ago i could fully focus on climate change and i believe that and i still believe that the biggest contribution that i could make was on raising awareness to a large audience and that's what i've been doing for the past six years so the first four of those years were as a public speaker and these past two years during the pandemic much more as a writer and re recently also as a podcaster and i often share information about greener lifestyles especially in the monday podcast that i do together with vanessa champion and here's where a lot of what I said so far comes together. So recent research concluded that greener lifestyles are linked to greater happiness. And this is true for both rich and poor countries. And I already mentioned the other study that concluded that people who listen to podcasts are more likely to be curious and more open to experience. So listening to podcasts on greener lifestyles, that is... A double whammy that, that must really be good for you so join me tomorrow you will feel better i hope so amongst conservative groups you may hear that a green lifestyle is some kind of sacrifice that you have to make but a recent article in the conversation referred to a wide range of research that shows something else instead of giving up a lot for a green lifestyle it shows that there is a positive relationship between environmentally friendly behavior and personal well-being in other words instead of giving up something for a greener lifestyle you get something back for it um this may be because taking steps to protect the environment makes us feel good by fulfilling very basic psychological needs such as the sense that we are making a useful contribution to the world or that we're acting on our own values and concerns and the effect can also run the other way People with a positive frame of mind are also more likely to pay attention to the environment and act in a manner which benefits more than just themselves. So for me, that may be part of the explanation, explanation where, why I uh, like the career change that I've made so much. And I hope that some of you will recognize this as well from your own personal experience. And this may well fit into the historic moment that we are living in, the moment when we reach our planetary boundaries. You may have heard me speaking yesterday at the absurd amount of human consumption. And yes, I was focusing mainly on the consumption patterns in the United States, but basically I was talking about the whole Western world. And it becomes ever clearer that a lifestyle geared towards consuming ever more energy and natural resources is not much good for the planet as well as not good for our own well-being and now there's this fascinating prospect that people could instead live better by consuming less so in my podcast of last thursday i spoke together with alistair doyle about 
the latest report of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC. Now, two of the key messages in the report are that we have no time left to take immediate and drastic worldwide action to abandon fossil fuels and our high emission lifestyles. And the second message was a positive one. There may be a lot more gained than lost in the process than a lot of people realize. Now, a senior research fellow in, at uh, psychology in, at Cardiff University, Stuart Kapstick, he recently published, together with some other people, on the relationship between environmentally friendly action and subjective well-being. So, essentially, the link between environmentally friendly action and how happy somebody is. And they wanted to find out whether simultaneously greener and happier lives were only possible in wealthier countries or for people in them who are more well-off. Perhaps the opportunity to feel good about your green choices is a privilege that only certain people can access or afford. And this has been unclear to date and it has also been very unclear to me. So I was happy with this research. research. And though research on this topic has been carried out in, in several different parts of the world, so it, it includes China, Mexico, United Kingdom, the majority of studies covered the lives of people in the affluent global north. And their study used data from nearly 7,000 people across seven countries. So in this case, it was Brazil, China, Denmark, India, Poland, South Africa, and the UK. And they found that regardless of the country in which people lived, as their commitment to environmentally friendly action increased, for example, by reducing food waste or by buying greener products or donating money to environmental campaigns or, or doing conservation work, so did their subjective well-being. So people feel better when they do environmentally good things. And this effect held across all seven of the countries that they investigated. So Denmark, which is number 11 in, in the UN uh, Human Development Index, all the way to India, which is 130 on a list of about 195 countries. So at the personal level, the connection between green behavior and well-being was as pronounced for those on lower incomes as well as for those in higher income brackets. And I find that fascinating. So just as a low-carbon diet is also healthier for you, or cycling and walking instead of driving in your Ferrari uh, get us exercising and is good for ourselves as well as good in cutting emissions, this study now adds evidence that links green behavior with a better quality of life. And since I'm often communicating about the environment, I like the outcome of this study. So rather than assume that doing the right thing for the environment needs to be a burden and that you have to give up all kinds of things, we should be finding ways to stress the, the positive potential. Doing something for the environment is not only good for the environment, it's also good for yourself and for other people. So apart from becoming happier by a green lifestyle, there was another study that was just published and that concluded that visiting an art museum can help you reduce stress and combat loneliness and make life feel more meaningful. And I found that one interesting too. As we drift, drive, drive a little bit away here from 
the environment. But it's, I'd like to study because I feel it myself and I often wonder that why do I always visit art museums wherever I go? Because I like it, I feel better by it, but I never realized exactly why. And this new study was published in the Journal of Positive Psychology and it identified three major benefits that we can gain from frequent visits to an art museum. So first of all, it's a rewarding experience. Visiting art museum stimulates positive emotions. It promotes feelings of engagement and therefore it results in an improved quality of life. And second, it reduces cortisol levels. So visiting an art museum can help us reduce stress and it immediately reduces the production of cortisol, which is a hormone related to stress in our body. And then the third one is it combats isolation. So both the artworks as well as the visitors at museums can make us feel more connected and less isolated. And it can even lead to the building of a like-minded community. Now researchers are still seeking concrete explanations for why art has this effect on our mental health. And in a recent article in Forbes, one of the experts, uh, Catherine Cotter, mentioned a couple of possible explanations. And, and the first one was that art museums help us in feeling immersed. So since an art museum is a space that you normally don't visit very frequently, it is natural for us to feel briefly transported into another world where when 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 we visit a museum and i recognize that a bit i feel transported to another world when i enter an art museum and that is both by uh by the surroundings and atmosphere and i i also feel that effect by uh, by the paintings and for me there's an extra effect when i see familiar paintings that i know about it feels a bit like seeing an old friend so when i'm in paris i love the more than 100 museums that they have there but my absolute favorite is the Musée d'Orsay um, maybe because I have seen these paintings all my life whenever I'm in Paris I go to see these paintings it's like meeting a friend in Paris and um, so while you're in in a museum you you lose your your track of time and you you're absorbed in the particular works that you that you like during your visit and you're everyday lives uh, you you don't have these sort of experience too often so it makes a museum a unique space where where you can go to and experience this and um, so you you boost your positive emotions by going there now another uh, potential reason is that um, art museums help us engage in reflective thoughts uh, so visiting a museum can induce reflection and contemplative states which enable us to think about ourselves and our lives differently um, and, and form new connections and expose ourselves to newer perspectives. So because we're able to, to disengage from the outside world, our minds can, can travel new paths and help us gain new perspectives. And that is something that that I recognize a lot if I'm walking alone, I'm, I, I, I love walking alone for, for long stretches, um, then this same kind of thing happens to me in this, in this beautiful nature and different space that I get a lot of these positive and, and creative thoughts. So I 
also recognize this, for instance, when I'm enjoying art and photography books or when I'm listening to music. And I experience that even more when I go to an art or a photo museum or when I'm going to a classic music performance. It gives a more immersive experience. I guess there's a lot of uh, connections between all of these things, between this green living, between visiting an art museum, between living, uh, experiencing art yourself or just by by walking in nature. So there you are. Uh, you listen to a podcast, which we now know should make you happier. Um, you may live a more greener life after listening to all my podcasts that are often about greener lifestyles. And you may have been reminded how good it was to visit a museum. So if the science is only vaguely correct on these three recent studies, I believe you must be feeling better now. I hope so. And with that, I will close this podcast. I will not take questions and comments today. We'll do that again tomorrow. But I hope you to see you joining again. So tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, we'll talk about greener living together with Vanessa Champion. Um, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Please write back to me and let me know. And I wish you a great evening. Thank you. Bye-bye.